0: What's up, viewers and listeners? My name is Jay. I'm a registered nutritionist based here in Bristol, working with BJJ enthusiasts across the globe, helping jujitsu practitioners perform to their best ability on the mat, whilst making sure they're not doing anything stupid with their weight cuts. On today's episode, we had Jordan. Kirk from Elite Jiu-Jitsu Somerset. Jordan is a recent black belt and has run and owned the club. Jordan has competed on multiple platforms with a dominant performance on the last Grapple Fest card. The school that Jordan runs is a no-gi only club with the students putting on some epic wins recently on multiple platforms. In this podcast, we talked about competition mindset, standing out from other clubs, the weak areas of jiu-jitsu, beating some notable names within the industry, and much, much more. Thank you for tuning in. And of course, if you're not subscribed, please click that button and turn on notifications for further content updates. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's get into episode 23. Oos right guys episode 23 my name is jay i'm the host of the bjj nutrition podcast and the bjj nutrition consultancy where we help all bjj practitioners uh, perform their best on the mats whilst also not doing anything silly with their weight cuts i'm joined today by the infamous jordan kirk um thanks obviously George for coming on we actually had intentions of you and Joe being on the same podcast unfortunately we had a, a few little issues there at the time which we couldn't get you on there with that one but we've now had the chance to come back down to one of your big open mats obviously here which is again had a good role we were just talking about how sweaty the whole mats were before and how wet they are still now um and again just wanted to get you on and have a chat because obviously lots have happened since then so you've had two grapple fest matches since then um, promotion as well with a lot of different people in the club and I think it's just obviously a great time to chat about the build-up obviously for the next one as well and other few things that's gone on between the club but um, thanks for coming on mate really really appreciate it so Jord, for people who don't know where did it all begin like where why jiu-jitsu how did it all start what happened then
1: okay so recently got my black belt under Nathan Moore pointing I've been training for roughly 12 years it'll be 12 years in january nice and uh, I began when i was uh 19 years old really? just over 19 yeah okay and um, before that dabbled in a few different martial arts but mainly mainly gym work done some muay thai through my teenage years but um yeah consistently training since i was probably probably 14. my dad was big into his training uh gym work uh yeah. huge fan of boxing always Boxing magazines around the house, so just grew up around it, really. Yeah.
0: Nice. Okay. Other martial arts, you get a black belt in karate or anything like that. No, 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 no. no, It wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It's always a fun conversation when you hear that other person like, "I'm a black belt too," and you're like, "What?" And they're like, "Karate." You're like, "Okay." (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 I, I was consistent of them. Though. No, that's fair enough. So Muay Thai, any fights, anything like that? Again, just training with that or did you get in the ring at all with that? No, ju-
1: just inter-club fights, that was it. Nice. Yeah, okay. no official fights.
0: So what pushed you towards the grappling scene Then, obviously especially if your father was more of a stand-up guy, if that makes sense,
1: was it? Uh, he didn't do striking himself. He was just a huge fan of, okay, of cool. boxing. Yeah, fan, yeah. Yeah, so it was always on TV and, and things like that. Um, it was, I'd say the... First time I saw it, I'd done a, an interclub, maybe when, I was, maybe when I was about 14, yeah, probably 14. And there must have been a grappling event in the cage next to us. And I remember I had my headguard on, uh, all the body wear, yeah. waiting to go on. I'm looking over and I'm thinking, what are they doing? Cause oh, they're yeah, I like the look of that, I, want to give, I wouldn't mind giving that a go. Yeah. Um, just because I can remember as a kid, as a, as a child, as a teenager... That's what me and my brother would always do. That's mm. what me and my friends would always do, you know? In yeah. school, outside of school, we would wrestle. That's just what we would do. <laughs> we would literally build, we would write up a tournament layout, a, to- a tournament format. Yeah. And then after school, secondary school, probably up until, even up until I was like 16, or 17, <laughs> I expect. We would we would have grappling matches, yeah, and um, that would be every single night. So probably had probably had a hundred grappling matches before I actually stepped foot on the mat. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> love it. It's like what we joked about earlier about the whole uh, sort of uh, Mexican Mexican boxers. We've had like five hundred amateur fights before they go pro type thing. Yeah, Nor we had either. no idea what we was doing. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> That's insane. So what were you the leader of that group of friends in terms of the wrestling, or was there someone else that influenced it? And was um, it? I dare say. I get the feeling it could have started from the WWF era, if that makes sense, or WWE era, or anything like that was involved? Or?
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe it did lead from, from that. Um, I would say I probably was the leader, yeah. I've been, <laughs> I converted my garage at a young age. We had weights, we had a punch bag. i I'd post a photo, in fact, in the week um, of me, 14 years old, giving it the flex, <laughs> with a t shirt off. Yeah. And the whole back wall was just all martial arts posters, all old school martial nice. arts posters. All the friends would come round after school, we would train, and then we would wrestle out on the grass. And that's just what we would do, like, almost every night we would do that. And, um, yeah, I probably was the leader for that, yeah.
0: (laughs) The leader of the pack, I love it. So, uh, in terms, well, who won the brackets? Was it you all the time? Was there other people, or...?
1: Yeah, but <laughs> um, was it your rules?
0: <laughs> yeah, in, the, in the
1: end, I was the ref. <laughs> yeah, I win it. Just this. nobody had a clue what they was doing. No, so, yeah, I was no good. But oh, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. So you're
0: doing this wrestling at home uh, with your mates and stuff like that. Did a bit of muay thai, obviously, in the background, and obviously seen the grappling in the cage type of thing. Oh, some of that. When did you decide to take that first step into, like, a BJJ school, if that makes sense? Was there something specific? Was it, was it literally just that moment? You're like, well, I've got to give us a go, and you went and found a school type of thing? or?
1: Um, so I became a huge UFC fan, just watching the yeah. UFC, like, like most, most people, people around yeah. that age. Yeah. And, uh, and I was training in the gym probably six days a week. I was just obsessed with training, but I was thinking, after so many years, I was just thinking, why am I actually training six days a week, training really really hard every day what for i need something to, i need something to train for yeah and then when i was when i turned 19 i remember one of my friends saying oh there's a jiu-jitsu club down down the road we, we should go and give it a go oh, cool. so i thought um i didn't i honestly didn't really have a clue what jiu-jitsu was at that <laughs> point um i had been watching the ufc but i've been i've been watching the striking mate like yeah, everybody i wanted yeah. big, big flash knockouts yeah i wasn't really watching the groundwork but um not as much as I should have been. There's a
0: few people we've been at and it's just the whole, like, how <laughs> can I put it? Yeah, I watched the UFC. When it went on the ground, it was like, oh, just stand up and bang. It's like a stand and bang type thing. And it's then strange. they've been yeah, moved yeah. into jiu of <laughs> all of them type stuff. And I've
1: been wrestling for all these years. Yeah. and just grappling with my friends anyway. Yeah. As soon as I watch it on the TV, I want to see the flash knockouts. But, um, yeah, one of my friends mentioned it. So um, I drove down there, extremely nervous, got to the door, and... <laughs> The, I couldn't quite open the door, <laughs> so I thought, "Oh, I must be there. It must be the wrong place." Yeah. Really, it was just nerves. I got back in the car and I drove home. <laughs> I, I went to the wrong place. I, I went to the wrong place. Um, I'd love to be a fireman. I went back there. It was just a bit of a stiff door. I opened the door and the classes on as normal. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I went in. Uh, me and two of my friends trained, and, um, and and that was. I just knew from the second that I walked in, and I could see what people were doing. I couldn't this is what I've been doing with my friends, just Mm. the right way. Just, I I couldn't believe what I was seeing. So, um, yeah, from that point on, I just, I I just done one day a week. I trained on a Monday and I still done the gym work five days a week. Yep. And, um, and then it progressed to two days, three days four days and now I built up to what I'm doing now yeah 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 oh, that's really cool I love the fact that
0: I turned up to the gym it was just a stiff door. and the nerves was like yeah I'm out bye <laughs> I think
1: I knew inside that's what it was yeah yeah.
0: yeah. That's, I'd obviously been a bit of a fly on the wall just <laughs> getting
1: that first session done isn't it what gym was it KJ2 it was under Nathan Moore and Martin Lawson my, my first two coaches oh, yeah yeah oh, Martin
2: Lawson another name that I've heard quite a lot of recently it's weird like that Polaris last night so, people are like, Oh, do you know this person? I'm like, Yeah, and they're like, oh, he trained such and such. I'm like, it, no. Man, Bristol's a small place, it like, is southwest. Yeah, there's loads was. of people training loads of different people. There's
0: loads, there's loads, and cool. loads. Um, I know there'd been a flat on the wall, but I don't know, maybe me, like even like perspex glass outside, you're know, there, like, Oh, the door's not opening, I'm not coming in. <laughs> or something like that would have been funny. You
1: couldn't say. see through it, it's just a big steel door yeah yeah, so you couldn't see for if anyone was in there but um, oh that's cool
0: then so you then obviously went into there um obviously i have to ask was it gi and nogi at the jiu-jitsu school or was it more just nogi preference at that time it was
1: mainly gi yeah i'd say up until up until we started this place really it was mainly training gi and then you'd have one nogi class a week or or something like that you would train in the gi and then you would just compete nogi yeah that's how it was yeah mainly gi and then one Nogi class a week, yeah. Nice.
2: So, caveat to that, when you started, was it Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or was it just Jiu-Jitsu? Because I know a couple of schools back in the day were Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, oh, Jiu-Jitsu, sorry. and then BJJ. No, they like a designation at all of it? No, it
1: there was traditional Japanese Jiu-Jitsu classes, really? yeah, on a Friday, and the rest was Brazilian, yeah. So, ah. Martin was a black belt in traditional Jiu-Jitsu, I believe, and a I believe he was a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, yeah yeah so they were separate they taught both Mm. but um, yeah both that's cool that's 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 an interesting question I didn't even think about that
2: well I just you know because it it, how you know um, I can't remember who it was now someone said oh every gym they went to was never a jiu jitsu school it was just turn up roll and that was it and then Mm. no it was Dan Dan said that he's never done a class in a jiu jitsu school remember Dan Strauss he was like every gym i've been to i've rolled with people it was never brazilian jiu-jitsu it was just jiu-jitsu there's no words of brazilian english american
0: jiu-jitsu any of that shit. so it's just it's interesting it's, little thing to happen with the one nogi class a week then was there like oh you were looking forward to that nogi class or was it was there was there a spark was it like a, a start of like a very small bit of love for the nogi only type of thing or was it still like oh what's a bit of an odd class something so you do get some gi guys who just go in never touch a nogi they're not 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 interested that's like
1: So, as I started with one class a week, that one class a week was the nogi. Oh, (laughs) so I I, I refused to put on the put on the gi to begin with. Not 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 refused. I just I related to the nogi more. I've been watching MMA, yeah. yeah. So so I started with um, the nogi class, and then because I wanted to train more, I had to put the gi on. You had to put the gi on. Yeah, and then I fell in love. To be fair, I I trained in the gi. I competed in the gi just as much as as nogi originally.
0: Nice, and then. As time obviously progressed on, what are you laughing at? Have you had a message come through? Yeah, you've had a message come through.
2: I've had a message from uh, Anthony Crocker <laughs> that I'm going to have to ask you. So just ask it now. There
0: we
2: go for her. Crocs, I will repeat this for you. Ask him about when he beat me like a gingerhead stepchild in the final of the Nuki Absolute. Has oh, ho, ho, you beat the Nuki King. King. <laughs> <laughs> That's a yeah. live one.
1: Uh... God, what year was that? Bloody hell. He wasn't going to let that one slip, was he? Not nah. the Nuki King, no way. Um, I can't remember the match too well, if I'm completely yeah. honest. It, what year? Yeah, I don't remember what year it was. No, no. Was that un- unrememberable? <laughs> no, no, not at all. I remember him being super, super. T- he is the Nuki King, so. Oh, new <laughs> king. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't remember the match too well, to be honest with you. I, I, it might have been an arm triangle I think I finished with, but um, no, he, he was super tough. What, yeah.
0: One of many victories that George just puts aside as he moves on. No. Sorry, Crocs, who that was, the, <laughs> that was the most offensive answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh,
2: I remember that match. It was two seconds ago. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Like, uh, no, I, I,
1: I, it might have been an arm triangle finish, I, I think. I think so, yeah. will have many a He's going to grill me for this. I'm getting some serious that. shit for that uh, answer. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um so we were going for
0: obviously we started off in the no-gi which doesn't surprise me obviously for that one class a week then progressed obviously into the gi um at that time then obviously with the school and stuff uh where you've got this no-gi club i know you guys do specific sessions on like leg locks and stuff like that and obviously if we look at traditions in terms of sort of uh attacking the legs was was the school that you went to there they quite open to that leg lock game at that time i appreciate obviously it's still quite up and coming that many years ago was it Still, we don't touch the legs or anything like that at all? Or? Yeah, it wasn't huge on the legs. No. I, I don't
1: think anyone was at that time. No. no, no, it wasn't huge on the legs. It was the same as most gyms. Yeah. No, no, it was the same as most gyms, yeah.
0: Nice, okay. Um, and then let's obviously talk about the Gi days then in terms of working up through the belts and that type of stuff. Uh, was it quite linear in the sense it was like maybe year, year and a half at white belt, then or two years, and then X amount obviously at blue. How, how long were you in the belt system, should we say, before moving obviously into this
1: place type of thing? No, I spent a lot of time at each belt. Yeah, a fair amount of time at each belt. I'd say probably it must have been a couple of years at white, maybe a year and a half at white. Probably two, three years at blue. Three, four years at purple. Three and a half years at purple. uh, Two years at brown. Yes, a a fair amount. Yeah, a fair amount. Which I think is. A quick word about one of
0: our sponsors, Grappler Soap. The team wanted to find, right, the best possible defense against skin infections, which normally we get from each other or off the mass. This, in turn, led Dan and the team into researching more about soaps and essential oils, which turns out has been used for thousands of years, actually, as a natural defense against infection during the plague. Slight twisted story here, but grave robbers in England knew of the power of essential oils and smothered themselves in it before exhuming and stealing corpses. Useless fact of the day for you there. But Dan and the team had tried several soaps before, but none of them just simply wowed them. So he started to make his own. Months more research, trial and error, led to finally this golden nugget Grappler Soap, which you'll be pleased to know the recipe is CPR registered and approved by pharmacists. The use of a specific method to lock in the amazing natural smell, no cheap fragrances used there, which means the soap and use smell great and stand the best chance of staying healthy. Although the soap was developed for grapplers alike, it is now widely being used by non-grapplers. And Dan is always like, delighted to hear from customers about how it's cleared up, dry and itchy skin, or relieved eczema, or just simply made you feel f-ing awesome the smell alone has been a massive hit with men and women alike so enough no for now go and get yourself some now at www.mrbassets.com or go check out their instagram page for some very funny memes at grapplers so thank you guys
1: it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me for my grappling yeah i'm a huge advocate for that yeah i think the worst thing I think possibly the worst thing that can happen to someone is they get graded too soon. That, that's my outlook on it.
0: Yeah, I can see that and I can vouch for you guys here. Again, not saying I should be the overall judge of this, but when I roll with any of your guys who are a blue belt or a white belt or a purple belt type thing, I'm like, there is no doubt in my mind what belt they are when it comes to it, When soon as they tell me if that makes sense. I'm like, your blue belt, yeah, I can see why. Like quite clearly type thing.
1: Um, and it's not to sandbag. Like it, it, It's not, sound. if somebody is due their belt, they're, they're due their belt. But my outlook is ex- just soak that experience up while yeah. you're there. Exactly. You know, it's like, it's, like a, it's like a boxer with an amateur record. You know, build those matches up, build that mat experience throughout that time. I, I honestly think it's one of the worst things you can do is just chuck a belt to someone. It can, um, it can crush their confidence. Mm. You know, you get that belt, you go and roll, and you think, am I really worthy of this belt right yeah. now? You, know, you are, because your coach says so. But um, yeah, my outlook is just soak that experience up, and uh, don't go thinking about the belts
0: cool that's nice obviously good time is obviously good time with each other they were belt from there um how long before you decided to get out and compete then did you compete at white belt i'm guessing or not or six months yeah six months in yeah, cool. yeah, um, six months was that your idea or were you encouraged by the club at all or what was what was the thoughts there uh
1: as soon as i stood on the mats i just asked is there competitions is there matches is there <laughs> I just...
0: I've made this bracket between my friends can we make this proper now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I
1: just couldn't believe it so I just said can you find me somewhere like a comp- there wasn't that many competitions there yeah, either well, um, topic for the... can you just find some for me and how long do you think I need before I can compete yeah so I, I told myself uh, minimum six months and and I want to jump in there Yeah, and, and, and give it a go how'd it go yeah I won, I won gold in the first one yeah
0: nice
1: I, I, in fact the first one wasn't it was like a, an interclub at our gym we set up um, an interclub at the gym where I had three matches and then then I moved on to like the Bristol Open and, and more regional competitions yeah.
0: Nice cool so after that first one did you get, jump straight back in like a week later or is it another little sort of like time frame in your mind like we're going to do another month's worth of training and then go again type of thing? Or? Yeah I
1: think there just wasn't anywhere to compete
0: ah, so, just so to, yeah. I just waited for the next one. Yeah, the next yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Okay nice that's interesting do you think that's something you'd probably advise a lot of new people coming through the door to kind of say look Give yourself six months of solid training, then go and compete for the first time, and do that type of way. Because let's be honest, nowadays anyone can walk through that door and they can compete next week. They, again, I appreciate some coaches wouldn't allow that, and that's obviously up their own proper uh, provocative in terms of it. But do you think that's a kind of good setup for most people who may have not may have not competed before?
1: I don't think you can put a time frame on it because everybody's different. Okay. I think speak to your coach. Yeah. And and ask them for their opinion. Okay, that's interesting. Um, the last thing you want is somebody training for six months. It's, it's different for everybody. Six months, they go out there, they get crushed. They never come back again. Mm. So I, I think you should go to your coach and and see what they say. Yeah,
0: no, I can see that. That makes sense. Obviously, everyone's going to respond differently at certain mm. rates. You've obviously, got, I'm sure you've come across of people who, six months in, you're thinking, wow, they've picked this up Plenty ridiculously time, yeah. quick. And then other people who are like, you're still not getting it for whatever reason type thing. And it's just one of those things about trying to balance it out, which is fair. I think the interesting thing about yourself, Jordan, is that everything around the jujitsu scene. You seem to take a lot of ownership over that type of scenario. i e. I'm grading someone, I want this to be respected in terms of like and if they go anywhere else, they can see why type of thing. If someone's gonna comp- compete, they're gonna compete because I think not say that you think they're ready, but they're gonna be able to handle themselves. Do you know what I mean? And so this one of the things which I think has come across as a bit of problem in the jujitsu scene of people just either let's say doing promotions or doing stripes for the sake of keeping a member let's say um and kind of just not even caring about it in the sense of just go off and do your own thing but it, it's very tricky i think for you as a club owner to try and sort of manage everything so i appreciate that you could get guys who just turn up and just go anywhere nowadays do you know what i mean so it's uh, no, very admirable in terms of that so throughout the trade or competing career was there any sort of any sticky moments obviously the last guest or well, one of the last guests we had he said he had a uh, all the way through his blue... Is there something else I can help with? No, there isn't, Siri. Um, he competed at Blue Belt. First, uh, first three matches, he got podiums, and then for the rest of his Blue Belt career, he kept on losing all of his matches. So have you always been winning all your matches all the time? Have you had any sort of bad stints at all? Or?
1: I wouldn't say I had a bad stint. I was fairly successful. I would drop the odd match, but no, I wouldn't say there was... There was no, I wouldn't say there was a huge dip. No, it's fairly consistent. Like, I would win the majority... And then I would drop the odd match here and there. But that was great. That's exactly what I needed. Yeah. Um, that's, that's exactly what I needed, yeah. The, the worst thing that could have happened is I just kept winning all the matches and I couldn't see any, any holes in my game. So <laughs> yeah, th- those losses were great, yeah.
0: Nice, okay, that's interesting. And so with those losses, was there kind of technical errors that it made or was there anything else that you kind of interfered with them, do you feel? Or
1: um, I'd say conditioning early on was a big thing. Yeah. I'd say I lost a few matches early on through uh through conditioning late into the matches or i'm seven eight matches in Mm. um, and then i would drop a couple that was that was a a big thing early on and then a little bit later in the belts i would say the legs and um that focus as you said a second ago about we're heavy with the legs down here that was one of the um the main reasons for us doing that yeah
0: nice okay that's interesting so Went obviously You said it was KSJ, did you say it was the club name? KJ2. KJ2, sorry, I completely butchered that, <laughs> no offence, guys. Um, when was then, so how long did you stay with them before you started going elsewhere, or did you go to travel to other clubs at all and get other different experiences? Actually, no, actually, that's a good point. You went to the Gi, get more, obviously, more sessions in there. Did they start bringing in more no-gi classes, or what, what was the, what was, the what was it again just mostly Gi? No, time? no,
1: no, it was, it was mostly Gi, yeah, it was mo- mostly Gi, uh, then MMA classes and one Nogi class. It may be an open mat on the weekends, yeah, so it stayed the same, yeah.
0: Okay, nice. And so, I don't know what I was going to go next with that. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, sorry, you asked, did I train anywhere else as well? So yeah, yeah Nathan, more appointed my, my, uh, my coach, he trained a lot at Pedro's in Bristol. Okay, uh, cool. HQ, so I would travel to him every now and again, and go and get a session in there, and get absolutely butchered, yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> so, that, that helps a lot, yeah, so just a room
0: full of savages, yeah. We've still got on our hit this Rory and Nathan, obviously we got them on the podcast, because they're, uh, from yeah. everyone's words, is that, the, these two simply just butcher everyone, as uh, Pedro's first crop of uh, <laughs> black belts oh, to say the least, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, just never one around
2: one. there, yeah, just <laughs> always, 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 introduce people, as the, the fabled Naga story, that I get told, oh, uh, yeah, I tell it on here, because I want him to tell it in his own words, but, it's, it's mental it's, uh, it's wicked that one
0: um, no that's nice so obviously went up to Pedro's and stuff like that and got butchered and stuff like that and did you end up with that travelling element to so it I think what we try and encourage here is a lot is that you shouldn't obviously with the permission of your club and obviously again make sure we are not causing any problems here is try and get that experience hence why I've come down here a few times myself I've gone to other gyms and stuff like that did you end up sort of picking up other stuff from pedros and then obviously kind of bringing it back obviously to the other club and kind of saying okay cool they, they're doing it slightly like this or this is how i deal with this scenario type of thing did you do that quite a lot at all or?
1: yeah yeah i did definitely it, more so how hard they trained yeah because i thought i was training hard at, at the gym i was at and then i would see how hard these guys are training and i thought oh okay i really need to step it up <laughs> i'm not putting in the work that i think i'm putting in so yeah that yeah that was that was probably the, the biggest takeaway yeah
0: Nice. That's interesting. Uh, obviously, we've heard many stories, obviously, of Pedro's uh, uh, original gym, of it being the same temperature as Brazil, as with yeah. his, his views, and it was like. Absolutely. Until yeah. so we're. So <laughs> t-
2: this, this is interesting because George trained at Merton Road, where I did as well when I first started. Did Pedro ever do the the rope climb with you? We had to sit on your ass. You had to climb up the rope with just your arms. At the end of the class. Yeah. 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 yeah,
1: yeah. Mate. I could never climb the I rope. I could never do it. I <laughs> could no. yeah, never do that.
2: No. like top of shallow, just. Arm over arm to top, slap top, back down again, up, that mental. But yeah, my, my favourite thing with that is um, training in the summer in Ghee and Peds would leave the, the roller shutter down. And it was like there, checking the, checking the temperature in Brazil, and go, hot in Brazil, it's not hot yet. And you're like, <laughs> fucking hell. And then he, at the end, it would let like, out, oh, and the steam that came out of that room was. <laughs> I love that Road, it was a fucking I can't wait
0: trip. for the winter sessions, uh, just to see, like, literally.
2: freezing in there, yeah. It was Awfully cold.
0: It's no, it, with Rich's new place and stuff, obviously, where they've got this, the, the windows and stuff, they're going to start yeah. a class, everyone's yeah. going to see, and it's just going to be pure steam, and they'll open yeah. up the window, yeah. it's just you all going to come coming out.
2: Funny. I got my haircut, my mate, he said he lives around the corner from Rich's, and he poked his head in, and he said, uh, I quite like that smack bang on the door is do not step on the mat with your <laughs> shoes on. the door. kind of went in, he poked his head on the corner, and was like, Savages and walked out and it shut the
0: door again. He said it was just, yeah, nah, like gorillas in d- the mystery of the door, it? Yeah, so. they're doing well down there. I, I, I said on the podcast with Mark, I'd would, grow that place pretty quickly. But again, I appreciate it's a tricky scenario. And I think I overheard you saying earlier about how you don't want to have that stress of having a big rent to pay all of a sudden and, like, not have, and be worried about trying to get members through the door rather than, like, just enjoy the actual journey and just grow, yeah. s- not say slowly, in the sense that you have to grow slowly, obviously, if it picks up pace, but just try and do what you can, type of thing. So so. interesting,
2: because when we came last, you mentioned that you are going to do a refurb in the gym and stuff, but, like, for a, a club in its, I guess, like, its starting point, like, it's got fucking good-sized mats. And loads of space here. Like, yeah, it's good it's enough. Awesome. Like can't see you guys moving anytime soon. No way. <laughs> if you
1: ask most people what's your goals like for the club, oh we wanna we wanna move and get this big fancy unit. That's not our goal at all here. We've got no intention of moving for the minute. I think the the, the mat size is is absolutely fine. I think the results we're getting speak mm. for themselves. And um, yeah, I think it's a big mistake sometimes for people when they go and get mm. this huge this huge unit the amount of stress it puts on you, you know, the, counting the, the guys coming through the door, can I afford the, the bills this month, you know? Um, and it becomes more about quantity over quality. Okay, we're not trying, we probably turn, well, we, in fact we do, we, we end up turning away quite a lot of people because they don't want to train how we're training here. And that's absolutely fine with us, but the people that we do get are absolute keepers, you mm. know, and, and um, yeah, I think everyone can agree. When you come in here, the, the the room is is stacked you know the the level of everybody is is incredible there's no everybody says there's no easy rounds but there is no easy rounds here everybody's a killer and um yeah so we we don't intend on going some big fancy unit at all we're going to revamp this place get it uh, give it a little freshen up but but that's um but that's the plan with this place yeah
0: i think it's quite nice to see it's very much like homegrown in the sense there's no shortcuts with this place it's all sort of started off as it is and I i like when you guys put the pictures of like where it started where it is now type of thing and seeing that the growth of the club yes. and that type of stuff and you can just see that in terms of reputation that you guys are making a name for yourself out of city of this sort of size it's very much uh what's the word it's something that andrew tackett said um when we interviewed him andrew or no, will tackett used to good, my sorry my bad um sorry. will tackett said that you don't need to train at the best club in the world to become like world level if that makes sense and it's just it, it i think it resonates with this place quite a lot not saying this isn't the best club in the world but yeah. it's uh it definitely sort of reminds you of that in the sense that it's not everything's like high tech everything's like giant mats and you've got x amount of
2: classes yeah. it reminds it like. you of the old school like spitting swordless bodybuilding gym this this
1: gym. was a bodybuilding gym before was it it was they martial arts gym yeah. Yeah, really? yeah it was a bodybuilding gym years ago yeah that's exactly what it was uh, and um okay. yeah and then after me, the guy that runs all enough in martial arts that's he, he um runs his place with us he's been teaching for I think he's been here for thirty years. He's a real OG of of, of teaching martial arts in the wow. southwest. Everybody's heard of him. Um, absolute legend. Yeah, so he came in. He shares the place with us, and um, yeah, I can't remember where I was going with that. Well, but it's,
0: yeah. I can't believe it was a bodybuilder. Was just, just this upstairs bit was a bodybuilding bit. Yeah, was yeah, it? just
1: upstairs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's mad. You Absolutely. can imagine
2: though, looking around, you're like actually.
0: I'd just be more concerned about, I don't know, deadlifting up there with obviously yeah, being a really, true, <laughs> really yeah. old church. you know what I mean? Not, not being horrible, but like, apart from you think you end up going through the floor or something like that, but, oh mate, that gives me more Dorian Yates vibes, like you guys just yeah. sat up here and like just doing your, squirrelling away, working your asses off to then go and compete. yeah, it's wicked, it is yeah.
2: wicked.
1: It's, when it started with us, we literally had, it wasn't even half the match, it was a quarter of the match. <laughs> we got a couple so I'm going to
2: change the camera angle because... Joe pointed this out. That corner was where you were training, wasn't it? You yeah, was it? yeah. We put a couple of
1: bags down, yeah. and that is where we were training in the middle of a kickboxing class. Me and Joe, just for some extra training, oh, and yeah. um, and then it turned into two, three. My brother joined, and, and a few others. And yeah, then we had half the mats, and then we had all the mats for one session, and then um, and then it moved on to yeah, five, six days a week. So, nice. yeah. It's developed nicely. Yeah. So
2: an interesting thing I want to ask. Then obviously, elite. Is your like competition? Whenever you guys turn to a competition, it's always a big group, it's never just one of you, it's always at least a minimum of five, six of you, and at least either yourself or Joe is there all the time. Where did you get that mindset of go as a group, always compete as a group? Because you get a couple of gyms that are like have guys that will go. Um, I know at Peds, like there's like a WhatsApp group where everyone posts all competitions, everyone arranges like carpools and goes up with each other and stuff like that.
1: I just think there's so many competitions now. It's really watered down. There's competitions every weekend, multiple, uh, yeah. multiple competitions every weekend. So what we try and do is we've, on the whiteboard, we just target a few as a team and we say, this is the ones we're doing. Um, we're going to be there regardless. Chuck your name down and th- th- let's go and do it. Yeah, because mm. if we could fill that whole whiteboard and everybody would be scattered everywhere. So we, we literally pick, say, five over the next few months. This is where we're going. Don't get me wrong. We, we, we can't attend every Comp and coach, but we, we try and make most of them, yeah. Yeah, sure.
0: yeah I was going to say, like I said, it's quite again, it's sort of you caring about the result of it. And I appreciate, sure obviously, you guys can't go everywhere. And it's a very hot topic at the moment the amount of competitions that are for even I think the big, uh, the recent one was ADCC UK for the 2nd of December was announced. And then the English Open Nogi got announced on the same day. Yeah. And then there's also another competition, I think it's like a sub only invitational one on the same day. And it's just like, this is just getting ridiculous, like, yeah, yeah. to the point where. I think my first ever competition was at North Somerset Open in West Ham, right? And they had, I think, about 12 mats going. The whole hall was, like, absolutely filled with it. And it, the idea being, like, you're, like, shuffling along, trying to get around the outside, just moving around. To the point now where you go to some of these competitions, they've even got four mats running. And you're like, where is everyone? And it's just ridiculous now in terms of, like, how... I appreciate COVID hit a lot of different people in lots of different ways and businesses and stuff, but it's just getting to the point now of where, like you're gonna to have to really push the boundaries for the competitors to really be attracted to that competition i think and it's gonna become more than just who's the cheapest if you see what i mean yeah like yes. i think bristol pro sport obviously had their absolute where it was like all all submissions all everything around obviously a cash prize i think it was which was good obviously it drawed a few attention a few other people getting invitationals for winning the absolutes to like enyo and things like that and it's it's really tricky in terms of it but yeah, very frustrating. Complete tangent there, sorry. Um, <laughs> so in the gate, when did we decide then to go for the gi? Everything was fine, competing really well. When was the penny drop moment about thinking about going your own separate way with this? Was there a point of when you're thinking, right, I want to do more of my own thing? Um, I'm sure there's lots of people in the jiu-jitsu scene who want to set up their own
1: club type of thing and do their own thing. What was the moment for you, if you don't mind me asking? So... Uh, if I go back a little bit, so Martin Lawson sadly passed away, one of my main coaches. So, KJO2 was no longer. So, right. we traveled to uh, Fightworks in Taunton and we trade there. And we, got, we got great training in there. But we wanted, but it was, it was a similar case. There was only one nogi class a week. It's the same as as everywhere, really. So, um, and we could see it was exploding and we wanted extra training sessions. Of course, we live in Bridgewater, me and Joe live 30 seconds down the road. So, um, we started getting extra sessions in here, but we were limited to spaces. So we made decisions. So, like I said, there was one class yeah. and we had two classes. It's nothing. So we were saying, do we put on one cl- one gi class, one no gi class? So we looked at the landscape, and I mean, it's clear to see that no gi is just exploding. Mm. I mean, it's, it's just huge. That's the way things are going. Um, anyone that argues that? I don't agree with them, <laughs> um, but Nogi's is the way it's going. So we could be average at both, or we could excel at one. So we made the decision: let's just go all nogi. Um, so yeah, we went all nogi, and and it wasn't through a preference because I was competing and tra- I was competing gi and nogi. About the same amount. And yeah. I enjoyed training the ghee. There was nothing wrong with it at all. I just had to make that decision. And, and we went with it. We rolled the dice. And I think it was the best decision. One of the best decisions we've made down here, yeah. Nice.
0: Uh, out of interest, then, obviously, when I think anyone as a business owner has elements of doubt sometimes when they make these decisions. Well, did you have any moments of saying, we're just doing no ye only? And you're like... Oh, did it, was that the right decision, Phil, Or were you? Was it all plain sailing no, for yourself?
1: No, it was a great decision. <laughs> yeah, great. It's just an easier sell as well to people. Yeah, you got you got new guys coming in. Realistically, they don't want to put the gear on. Mm. They, they, they don't want to put it on. They just want to train in shorts and a, and a rash. But it's, yeah, it's an whatever. easier sell. Um, don't get me wrong. You know, they, it sounds like I'm slating the gear a load, but um, he is. <laughs> I am. <you> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's just an easier sell for everybody. I, I think people prefer training no gi you know yeah. it's more it's easier on the eyes a faster pace and um i just think it's more modern yeah no yeah. i didn't regret it at all there wasn't there wasn't a day that i regretted it
0: i think the phrase is, is it barrier to entry i think is what comes to mind and the idea being is that if you're gonna have to get x y and z and even to the point of you being in a uh, the rest of the class being a again you haven't got a G, and i appreciate some clubs supply geese, which is fantastic which yeah. they've got their own batch some clubs don't at all and you, you stick out like a sore thumb, let's be real, right? And then from there, it's then not saying, right, okay, you're gonna have to invest into this now. Don't get me wrong. Pricing is very drastically depending on where you're going type of thing. But at the same time, like, again, I can see why it's gonna be a lot more easier for someone just to turn up. It's like going to a football practice or rugby practice, just turn up in a shorts and a t-shirt and yeah, off yeah. you crack on type thing. So, okay, that's cool. And in terms then obviously of, what did you want to do with this place? Other than, I imagine there would've been a point of supplying Jiu-Jitsu to Bridgewater, right? That would probably be mission statement number one. How did you want like, elite to then sort of be thought about and th- think about going forward, if that makes sense? So I imagine you overcame that, getting people obviously to Jiu-Jitsu class. What did you want this club to become, if that makes sense? What was your kind of vision for that?
1: I wanted it to become just the main, the main place to train Nogi in the area. With okay. the highest level of grappling. And I think we've done that. I, I, I don't think there was a club at the time dominating on the competition scene in Nogi. And yeah, we, th- there was space for it. There was a space for it. So I think that's... In, in the beginning, it was to facil- facilitate our own training. Yep. And then it slowly developed into um, yeah into becoming that.
0: Nice. Okay, that's fine. Was there any sort of moments of uh, we should take the club down this route or that route? Because what I'm probably getting at is probably different styles, if that makes sense. Because you guys encompass everything, if I'm honest. This isn't a leg lock gym. This isn't a wrestling gym. This isn't, we're gonna do Rubber Guard all of a sudden like 10th Planet. You have gone and gone, right, somewhat Gordon-esque, should we say, and gone like, we're gonna cover everything here. Was, was there a decision in terms of that training style going forward about how you wanted it to play or did it more come from your background and what you learned, if you don't want me to ask him?
1: It was all very natural. Um, it was all very natural and, and we adapt. We don't stick to the techniques that we've been taught and this is what we're doing. Uh, we just adapt with the times, staying up to date with all the most recent events, um, looking at the statistics, what, what submissions are working statistically, because that, that's what we need to, to dial in on. Um, we, like you said, we don't focus on, we won't be doing three months of triangles. Okay, you're coming on a Tuesday, you'll be doing outside guard passing, you're coming on a Wednesday, we're doing, uh, we're, wrestling, uh, we're wrestling up. On a Thursday, you come in and there's leg locks. You know, every week, we want to be working every area. And a lot of a lot of positional sparring to force people to work those areas as well
0: mm. that's interesting i'd say obviously when the first time i came down here for one of your open mats was how structured you have your open map right i'm sure you've been to them before where it's just like cool basically a raw rumble and you stick in for as long as you want or stick out for as long as you want type of thing what was where did that come from if you're going to be asking because i've not seen that type of stuff set up before
1: I just want everyone to benefit from the session as much as possible. I feel yeah. like if you come in and you just say, right, everybody, there you go, it just becomes a bit of a social, a social event. People have a couple rounds, they're all chatting on the side, a couple more rounds, everyone's chatting on the side. We say, no, 20 minutes, we're grip fighting, we're flow wrestling. 20 minutes, we're doing some sort of positional, and we'll break it into segments, and then we'll have an hour of open sparring. Um, and it's a small gym, so you can see if people are sitting out and, and not getting involved. We're here for two hours, we're here for an hour and a half, let's make the most of it and you can um, you can have a good chat after after class. Nice, that's interesting. What,
0: what Did you have that from day dot with that type of setup, or was it a little while? Did you get that inspiration from other places, or was it?
1: No, I, th- I think we probably were a little bit lax in the beginning, um, and I just think we've improved over time, yeah.
0: Yeah. And what do you think makes that a bit more superior in comparison to the traditional turn up, open mat, do what you want type of thing? Is it just, do you feel like, you've seen in your students it being more beneficial for them going forward type of thing? Because let's be honest, EBI rules rarely happens here in the UK in the slightest bit type of thing, but you definitely have a big emphasis on that positional stuff quite a lot, if I'm honest.
1: Well, if you give someone the option, they're going to go the easy route most of the time. If you, they're, they're not going to pick, okay, I'm going to wrestle today. Nobody's going to pick to wrestle. That's why every class, every single class we wrestle, I can't remember the last time we didn't wrestle with a class, because <laughs> <laughs> we, we brought in Friday, it was a wrestling class. All of a sudden, nobody turned up. Or, like, not as many as the other classes. That's interesting. Because it's hard work. It's yeah. really hard work. So, what we decided to do was nobody gets the option. We wrestle every class and it's at the beginning. So, <laughs> so nobody can opt out. The first 15, 20 minutes we wrestle every uh, class. So, um, that
0: reminds me of um, Alex Carmozzi. He's like I I don't know if you've ever heard of him at all. He's like a bit of an entrepreneur type thing and he does a bit of bodybuilding. He said, I always start each session with calves because my calves are tiny. Yeah, and if I good, don't start with calves, yeah, I'm yeah. going to sack them off straight away. Exactly. So, Starting off with of wrestling first, no, that makes sense. And I think, again, that's one of the things which, as a club, you guys are very well-rounded. And so with the wrestling side of things, did you seem to click on quite soon that that was kind of like a key area which was lacking within the jiu-jitsu, within the local area, if that makes sense? I'm not saying, obviously, you guys are like, the best of everyone here, but it's definitely very prominent now with certain figures that stand-up, wrestling, judo, throws, etc is very missing in a lot of jiu-jitsu games and some people are going like full into it, if that makes sense. When did you guys see um, it as a whole?
1: I think we just, we it's had to look nice. at- Cheers out, Siri. We had, you know what, wrestling's not nice. Um, <laughs> we had to look at what is going to separate us from other clubs, what, what's going to make us successful at competitions and what areas are people uncomfortable at? People are uncomfortable wrestling, for the most part. They're uncomfortable on the legs uncomfortable, the duration of the match quite often. Okay, so those three things, we said, right, we're wrestling every day, every session. We're doing legs. We're having a specific leg lock class every week. And duration of the of the rounds. So we've every round is an eight-minute round. We reduced them today just so we had a good rotation for everybody. But just so, yeah, we had those three areas covered. Um, and I feel like that's made a big difference to that.
0: One final sponsor shout-out to the team at Inner Chimp. Inner Chimp is a brand name that really speaks to grapplers and fighters, one we can believe and relate to on a personal level. Inner Chimp is simply catchy, right, and with small tweaks can be your general gym wear and casual wear and rash guards like this for men, women, and children. Inner Chimp is ethically produced and has turned down Cheaper production overseas to ensure this. Understanding we only have one earth, right, which we need to look after. This is at the forefront of their production decisions, and we want you, our listeners and viewers, to have a sense of accomplishment in knowing that you are doing your part when buying their products. Inner Chimp Teas are 100% organic cotton. Their packaging, 80% recycled cardboard, and all of their products are designed to last. Their production and manufacturing is in the UK, trying and aiming to be as eco-friendly as possible, leaving close to zero global footprint. But to put it simply, Inner Chimp has a massive passion for the sport, attention to detail, and our planet in mind. And always at the forefront of your own inner chimp. Go check out their website, www.inner-chimp.co.uk or go check out their Instagram at inner-chimp. Thank you for your time.
1: Can I answer your question?
0: Yeah, no, it's fine. I think it was a decision more so as to why we're going to focus on those areas. And I think you, you kind of covered that quite nicely, that if those are the areas that people are, are struggling with. So before you kind of decided that was that again day dot of you starting the club that you're going to have these cyber sessions or did you sort of go right what have i learned from my own personal experiences and saying actually yeah. they hate wrestling or they hate leg locks etc is that where that came from you to it a trial and error
1: beforehand or? that's a good point yeah probably from my own personal experience yeah i'd say so yeah, yeah i'd say so. and obviously watching matches as well watching matches watching content and um and yeah, my own personal experience as well, yeah.
0: Nice, okay, cool. So, let's move on to your competition history. Obviously, you competed a lot by the sound of things. I don't know, what. do you have the record on Smooth Comp? Do you know how, how many wins and losses oh, you got, I or have, is it?
1: No, no, I think I've, I think I've had, a, I don't know, maybe 100 and so wins and 25 losses, 30, like 30 losses. No,
2: when I pull it up and
1: I'm like, it's not, on, it's, <laughs> not on, it's not on Smooth Comp, because half the comps weren't on Smooth, smooth Comp when no. I was competing, no, no. no, no. Well, I'd, I'd say just over 100 ones. wins and about 30 losses, yeah.
0: 30 losses, that's not too bad. What are you looking at? 66% success rate? Right? Yeah, yeah. That'd be right, yeah. 60 would that be right? No, no, even less. No, I can't do the math. <laughs> CT and Jiu is sitting in already. <laughs> I'll let him look for it in the meantime. Yeah, it won't, um, it won't be on smooth It's all fine. So, in terms of again, progressing through the belts, you've obviously challenged yourself. Did you ever feel like you didn't
1: want to compete? That's a good question no 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 i no i always wanted to compete yeah i think it's nice to have something it's nice to set a goal and know you've got something coming up something to train towards yeah, yeah. i keep telling myself oh, i was always telling myself right i'm gonna cut back with the competing now you know i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna stop com- i can't do it i can't do it i've always got to have something booked up yeah so um no i, I pretty much always had a, something a competition booked up i wasn't As regular as some of these some like the full-time the pro guys you know could be in every single weekend i would do that now and again but no just um just something booked up every few months yeah
0: nice that's interesting um if i don't mind me saying your counterpart joe obviously um Certainly, I'd say with some of the comments that you made on the last podcast that he felt like a black cow comes over himself a little bit sometimes when he signs up to sort of a competition or has a big competition to do, and his mindset can hinder a little bit. Did you ever struggle with those type of things at all yourself? Or
1: um, I got nerves the same as everybody. Yeah. I was nervous the same as, same as anybody, I think. Um, but no, not so much. Just, just never had a handle the nerves, I think, it was a huge thing. Um, and you just get that with the experience. You know, competition is a skill, a skill by itself. Um, no, just, just, nerve, just nerves the same as everybody else. And then on the day, just knowing not to be too calm and not get too excited and just find that, 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 that neutral point. You know, that, yeah. that, was, that was the main thing for me. Yeah.
0: And was there a moment within that sort of competition career that you kind of said, that, OK, fine, I've now figured this out type of thing. I'm guessing there was a lot of trial and error that some people obviously hype themselves up and they get too into it and then they obviously crash it halfway through the match. And likewise, some people are a bit too calm. They go, oh, it's a walk in the park, no problem type thing. And obviously get smashed by the other person. So do you know how many matches
1: before you kind of got that balance, you've sort of figured that out or? I I don't remember. I don't remember to be honest. I still get the nerves now, you know, it's the same, it's still the same now getting the nerves. I think the main, the main way to help manage the nerves, is just, is to compete consistently. That's the main thing I notice. When I'm competing every weekend, the nerves massively reduced. And then when you left a a big gap between your competitions, that's when I felt I had the nerves come back a little bit. Um, And I'd say you're more nervous when you think you might be unprepared. When you know you've put in the work in the gym, you can see the rounds that you're having with your training partners. That really helps you manage your nerves. It helps build your confidence for when you do hit the mats. Yeah. No, that's interesting.
0: I think I can certainly agree with you. I think I did a spat uh, previous to my promotion where I competed, I think it was like four weekends on the trot. I think it was, and one of them was a grappling industries, which still to this day, I think grappling industries is probably the best format ever just to get those nerves out of you because you know you've got five matches. It makes no difference if you win, lose, draw, whatever, break your arm. Well, probably not going you to break your arm, but... <laughs> you know what I mean in terms of like you're going to be there competing and you get very used to it and it came to the following matches after that grappling She's I was like oh this is just a normal day right like, do you know what I mean walk in weigh in hang around do what you can type stuff so if you don't want me to ask one of the questions that has come up previously from my other podcasts is how do you deal with students who don't want to compete for example they're just through and through just don't want to compete and do you think it would also then hinder their progression going forward
1: I personally don't have a problem with it. I just, I think competing isn't for everybody. Yep. It's, a rough, it's a rough ride okay. competing, it's a roller coaster, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's you know, it is a rough ride. Um, no, I don't feel like everybody should compete. If it's not for you, it's not for you. I feel like you should give it a go, mm. you know, just to say you've experienced it. Um, but no, I don't think, I don't, I, I don't personally have an issue with it. Um, can it hinder their, their performance um, and their improvement? It definitely excels your improvement if you compete. There's no doubt about it. I definitely think it it speeds up your improvement. Um, yeah, I, I think that's all I've got to say on that. Yeah,
0: that's yeah, fair, enough, fair enough. Obviously, I know there's some people who, how can I put it? I'm sure you see this in all martial arts that when it comes to the competitive side of things, they just fall to pieces. And I'm sure mm. you've seen it before that they have rounds within the club and you think, absolute fucking animal, absolutely fine. You put them in an insta club environment oh, and okay. all of a sudden, again, they just yeah. crumble. And you're just like, What's going on We've here? We've all like, seen it, haven't we? Yeah. 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 It was like, you're an absolute animal. And then you, you get the idea of like more eyes on you. Right. And don't get me wrong. They could be rolling in an open mat environment. Everyone could be watching that role and like it would like shock and awe. Even if you are being like smashed in side control, you still have like a couple of eyes over there going on what's
1: going on here type thing. Some, um, and, and the other way around, like some people you see in the gym and you think, God, they're so um, like passive, they're not, they're not going for it enough. And then they sign up for a competition. And you're a little bit worried about it you know they they go in and they compete and and they just switch it on Mm. you know they just switch it on and that's yes you do see that as well yeah yeah some people have just got that it factor when they hit the mats you know it's go time and um yeah that's that's cool to see yeah yeah definitely what
2: about you then how do you feel about that because you're usually quite calm very stoic very stoic i watched you at grapple fest Walk on, not a fucking bead of sweat on you, go out, sub the guy, and walk off like making shoes. As if he was doing an instructional,
0: right? Like, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is how you sub someone. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: um, I, I definitely struggle, especially in comps, to kind of like, you know, the, uh, what's called, the the flip the switch, if you like. I always go into it just like, oh, yeah, speed, I laugh.
0: He's trying uh, to see red, is what he's trying to say. Yeah, yeah, I
2: see red man. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely, I think that's my biggest downfall is I never pour on a hundred ever, and I, I think it's because I don't go hundred in the gym, because I don't want to injure anyone and I don't want to injure myself mainly. I just, I don't have that. I don't know that, like, the, dog in you, but yeah. like, when I used to play rugby in school, not a problem. I knew when the whistle goes was it. Everything that has to be hundred because you can't fuck it up. You'll get injured. But in Jits, I've just never found the, like, I guess the mental space to comp. Because the night before, I'm, like, fucking nervous as fuck. Even if it's, like, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not going into the fucking Nuki Open, but I'm going to, like, Wrestle Open, I'm like, oh, oh, getting a bit fucking worried about it. It's not like Masters or anything, but fuck me.
1: I think for me, it all comes down to what I said a second ago. Have you put in the work before the competition? If I know I've put in the work, I'm fine. If I lose, that's fair enough. I know I've done everything I can in the build-up to this match. If I know I've been a little bit lazy, okay, I've, I've missed a few sessions here and there, You know, I've, I've skipped some of the tougher rounds, um, and then I'm competing, then I feel the nerves a little bit more. I think it just comes down to how confident you're feeling. Yeah, and I th- feel like you really need to simulate it in the gym. That's why these positional rounds are, are helpful as well, because we know if somebody's on my back, we work back rounds every single week. I work that position. If somebody's on the leg, we work that every single week. If we end up standing, you know, some matches you end up standing for, for, mm. for a long time. We're fine with that. We do that every week as well. But if we weren't doing that every week, I'd be, I'd be questioning myself all the time. Oh, God, what if, it, what if I end up standing for, for yes. six minutes of this yeah. match? Oh, what if you gets on my back? We work it all the time. So that really helps with the nerves as well. Mm. And um, about celebrating and things. I've, I have asked myself that a few times because should I be celebrating more when I win? Because some people are <laughs> screaming, aren't they? But it's just not me. It's, yeah. it's just not me. No, no, no. But the match is over. If I've won, I've won. I, I try not to get too. Um,
0: I've got high expectations. I want your rash guard off for the next grapple fest, and you pound your chest yeah, towards the crowd. You <laughs> switched it mark on. Do it. I need to take my t-shirt off. Yeah, the yeah. Next one. that's it's what actually, I need to like, do. Yeah,
2: to do a mark. To walk yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it's um, it's funny because even Joe was like, oh, "Mate, Jordan's so stark, It's just, I want him to get like hyped and excited in the match." And just, just. I'm excited.
1: I'm excited, I'm excited but I just. Maybe i just keep it in yeah, a I think it's yeah, yeah, yeah. good Jerry
0: Bahaska type style. It's like,
1: mm-hmm. I'm coming, I'm going. <laughs> like, <I am>, <laughs> yeah, next one, I'm gonna take my t shirt off, I'm gonna dye my hair and everything. I'm yeah, gonna really go for it. Do it. it.
0: <laughs> I don't know what I'd do if I saw that. I'd be like,
1: <laughs> what's going on? Like, what's, yeah. Who's this. Like,
0: it's a different fucking animal. Um, no, that's cool. That's cool. Um, so we talked about obviously competition history, what's obviously gone on there. Um, so with your competing, with this being BJJ Nutrition, is that we are in a weight category, obviously sport, where we have to make weight and stuff. Have you always competed at the same weight? Have you moved up? Have you moved down? Did you stay the same the whole time?
1: Yeah, so I would cut to 91. Yep. I say cut. It's not going to be super, super technical. <laughs> it's not going to be really technical. Yeah. You know, I just diet a little bit and get down to 91. But um, yeah, 91 mainly. I would enter the odd 97 comp but i'd probably be walking around 95 something like that i yeah. wouldn't be the top end of the bracket and then i decided to start cutting more around i would say probably purple and brown i started cutting to 85 but that was that was like my absolute limit yeah i couldn't cut any more than that yeah yeah
0: Okay. And so what was the decision to go down to 85? Did you start having doubts around the 91 and thinking like, oh, I'm not as stronger. You may have had a few more losses, like that sort of bracket type of thing. What was the sort of thought process? I appreciate if they offered you a fight at that, you had to then say yes or no to it type of thing. But was there any reason to go lower? I just thought,
1: for my frame, I just thought, how can I be as good as possible? What? Yep. what what weight category should I be in and looking at my frame, I thought I could probably get down to 85 yeah. and I thought I might um, see some benefits down there. I done, I done well, I done really well at 85, but um, it just wasn't enjoyable with the hours I work and and, and everything else and the teaching on the side. Um, it just wasn't fun getting down to 85 anymore. And yeah, I decided to come back up to 91. Yeah. I didn't.
0: And when you then went, went back up to 91, was it a bit of a breath of fresh oh, air with us? I, I, don't know. Yeah, I was just yeah, I like better. right a lot so with the again there's no judgment it's a judgment free zone as I hate to fucking say Um, (laughs) (laughs) what are you laughing at judgment free zone I know it sounds so cheesy but it's the idea of being like how did you go through the process of moving from walk away I'm guessing about 95 down to 85 what would you do with cleaning up your diet tidying up your diet So obviously that context can be taken in lots of different ways if you see what I mean what Um, what was your
1: approach I definitely didn't have (laughs) <laughs> the most technical way of getting down to down to eighty five. It's but better than a fish o- a honestly, rice cake. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Honestly, I just I don't think you realise how much you snack until you cut your snacks out properly. <laughs> like just cutting snacks out, yeah, you really just drop your weight. It's, especially if you're training six days a week as well. You know that that's a huge factor. If you're training that much, that often, the weight's going to drop off of you. Um, so yeah, I would make sure I keep my protein where it needs to be i would always keep my protein Pretty say high. yeah 200 grams just above yeah. there. um i would drop the carbs i would substitute like maybe breakfast or a meal for, for coffee i didn't particularly like coffee an awful lot but i just found it it, it got rid of that hunger yeah um yeah i would keep the protein i would drop the calories and i would train and it really isn't that fast. i would up my water intake as well but that is the worst cut you've ever heard, by the way. But that, that, that is literally all I've done. Yeah, it's yeah. It's
0: not the worst, that's not too bad in terms of that. And so- Fruit before
1: training, and, yeah. and that
0: was it really, yeah. Okay. High protein, a lot of fruit. It's quite interesting. Some people like to overcomplicate things, and this is kind of the argument of, um, not say if it fits your macros, but just let's say just uh, uh, free diet. It's not free dieting, I've forgotten what the word is. Oh gosh, there's a terminology for it where let's say just keeping on calorie content and what mm. that's made up of is made up of whatever type of thing. Um, but sometimes when people have that sort of free flying option that they just don't stay, give them an inch, they run a mile type thing. And there's some people who give them an inch and they only go like half an inch type of thing. And so by, simpli- by simplifying it, as you kind of mentioned of replacing a meal with a coffee, right? Having some more water, keeping protein relatively high, it just got the job done type yep. thing um did you find that obviously post match we know obviously like a beer and a pizza afterwards type of thing um did you balloon up quite a lot afterwards most of the time or especially if you're fighting at the 85 bracket did you try and keep closer to it or was it next fight we're going to do another five to ten ten kilograms No, I wouldn't
1: balloon up huge if I was competing at 85 I'd walk around 91 around there yeah Yeah, 91 92 I try not to get any heavier than that
0: okay no that's interesting um, and then so competed down at eighty five. Didn't feel great about it. Moves on obviously up to the ninety one type, type of bracket. And now obviously most of your competitions are around ninety five or under ninety seven. Would you say or do you still? Float yeah, no. I, I
1: walk around ninety five. I'd say I'm around ninety five. That's a good weight for me. Yeah, yeah. and I'm just competing under hundred, under ninety seven. Yeah. And yeah, just it works for me and my lifestyle at the moment. Yeah. It, it's it's definitely the the best way for me to be competing at the moment. Yeah. Nice. To get the best out of me. Yeah
0: in terms obviously of what you did with your dieting approach keeping your protein nice and high there's obviously a lot of benefits to that for recovery and stuff so you still keep an eye on that at the moment now you haven't got as much restriction in terms of like keeping weight down and stuff like this so is there any other sort of things that you do day to day that you try and keep an eye on or
1: yeah i try and keep the protein up i mean i'd start every the start of every day and the end of every day is the same i just start with Two scoops, of protein shake, scoop of creatine, and I end the day with two scoops and a creatine just so, like, them <laughs> throughout the day, at least I know I'm kind of yeah. get, get, getting my, um, my protein and it's giving me a head start. You know, that's almost half my, my protein. Not Basically. the best way of taking it, but it it at least I'm getting it. So, um, yeah, I try and keep on top of that. But um, no, my diet isn't, isn't terrible, but um, just with the lifestyle I've got at the moment, I just try and keep the calories up. Yeah. With yeah. Training, teaching, work, everything else, family life, yeah nice. That's nice. Um, yeah, I don't know what
0: I was going to go next for that. I've just at a moment, wow, I've gone blank. Look, you at, look at me as a shame. Like, how dare you?
2: So shame is, I don't know why you're fucking looking at me. I haven't done a podcast with you in ages. I it? know. First one in three, four episodes now, I think it has been, and it it has been. rusty. There was another question I had on your diet and I can't
0: remember the life of me what it was. About uh, nutrition specifically or? yeah a little bit it was uh, bu- 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 I'm interested
2: what? in your day to day being a dad I've got two kids as well and I know people are like oh you can have kids and go training every single fucking day of the week Is like well okay maybe if you own the school and that's how it was established when your first relationship started maybe but there's no <laughs> way I could fucking train every day I'd, I'd be dead I'd be put in a bag somewhere and I'd, ch- ch- I'd never be seen ever again <laughs> Hopefully. Feel <laughs> I this,
1: <think> <laughs> this is the reason why I'm competing at a heavier weight now, because my day to day is leave the house at five in the morning, I get home at 6.30 in the afternoon from work, bath the girls, hour with the family, straight out, two hours teaching, training, home, go to bed, say 10 o'clock and do it all again. So I'm out the house most of the day. Um, so on top of that, cutting weight, it just doesn't seem optimal. So that's why I'm competing at a heavier weight now. Yeah. Yeah, it is a struggle, like you said, with, with having the kids as well. Yeah, definitely.
0: It's interesting. I think, obviously, a, a good point with that is what I try and explain to a lot of people that I appreciate this sport is that we get a lot of injuries. Obviously, a bit, a bit of irony with me saying this with this place. Um, nothing wrong with this place, by the way. <laughs> whatever, this place is with. cursed for James' yeah. ankle, people. Not doing. so far. I just, all I've got to do is I've got to you finish a good this one podcast. I've so pick my bag and up and I'll probably fall on the stairs. stairs yeah. <laughs> let see if
2: I can zoom in slightly. No, I can't. That ankle. Uh, is still <laughs> fucked
0: <laughs> from Joe's podcast uh, yeah that's how long it's been I keep on re-rolling it that's the problem it's just a fucking nightmare and then my knee that was the other one but anyway it's
2: makes me laugh the size it gets to uh, it's like you've better. got a tennis ball either side of your ankle uh, it's, it's ridiculous fine. it's fine
0: um, what was I going to say so as you kind of mentioned in terms of that uh lifestyle and obviously the diet and stuff like that obviously it's very hard to stay consistent with that and allowing obviously for it i think one of the things which can be a struggle for a lot of people is when they do get injuries is trying to understand that actually you may not be competing as much or may not be training as much but in actual fact it's kind of a bit of a detriment for you to under eat because you're then under fueling your body to then repair type things so it's trying to keep that in balance with it but um was obviously I know you got two young girls and stuff. When they came along, was there? Did you take a step back from competing a little bit as well? Obviously to try and focus on them a little bit more, or?
1: Yeah, probably cut back a little bit. Yeah, yeah I've, I've cut back a little bit since then. Definitely, just picking, yeah, picking and choosing which competitions I'm going to go to, which matches I'm going to take. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah.
0: And obviously, I'm guessing you probably lead on Joe a little bit more. It's obviously, to some stuff with the club and stuff oh, like absolutely. that. Absolutely,
1: yeah. Joe. Joe's Joe's brilliant down here. You've seen what Joe does down this place. Yeah, he, he's a massive help. Absolutely, yeah
0: credit to joe which is all cool so let's talk about um grapple 1st <laughs> i've got a bit of roller coaster in terms of emotions obviously when it comes to this yeah. uh last fat match obviously as we kind of joked there was like an instructional on how to <laughs> how to get a submission at some only show type thing which was really really good um what was the preparation like obviously up the lead up to that would that all go go to plan i appreciate joe had a few injuries and stuff like that which didn't help with this yeah. match but yep. how was your preparation lead up to yeah
1: it, it ran It went perfectly, it went perfectly as planned, yeah. We was working on uh, getting to the rear body lock from standing position, and we was doing a lot of rounds from the back, and we was working heavily on using the rear triangle, because it can be difficult against heavier guys, bigger guys to actually get under the neck. Mm. So as you'll see in the match, you know, I go a couple of times, try and fish under the neck or over the chin, uh, lock up the triangle from the back and, and finish from there. So yeah, it went exactly as planned. Nice.
0: Nice. Um, match before.
1: <laughs> the match before. So we have to talk about the match before. We'll,
0: we'll touch on it a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'd say 95% of the match, you are winning. He <laughs> had a few submission attempts. And then, uh, was it a technical error? Or did, was it just a surprise movement? What happened there?
1: Um, it was a legit submission. You know, he caught me fair and square. Caught me fair and square. Um, I felt like I dominated the match. Yes, you did. I, I feel like know, I dominated you know, the match. <laughs> How long was left? 20 seconds? Yeah. I, I, I think I won the whole match up into that 20 seconds. 100%. And like I said, was um, a couple of submission attempts in there as well. Yeah, and, and maybe I got a little bit overconfident. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I got maybe a little bit overconfident in the end. You know, he had nothing for me for nine minutes, 30 seconds. Mm. And I just thought, well, he's not going to catch anything, anything now. You know, maybe I'll go for the legs. Um, yeah, he just legit, legitimately, legitimately caught, caught me. Um, one small mistake and, uh, and that was it. But after that match, that was a blessing in disguise. Everybody says it, but that was a blessing in disguise because... I should have finished that match Mm. it's embarrassing that you can dominate someone for nine minutes 30 and not submit them that's terrible you know you can celebrate dominating someone but you should be finishing that guy so ever since then every single round has been about submission and really secure in the finish because you might be catching people in the gym but when you're on the mats um and you're competing it's completely different it's a lot more difficult to submit someone and i thought i was good at catching the finish but obviously i wasn't good enough so um yeah, plays on my mind till today, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been, I've been uh, really working, working on it since then. Yeah, secure and the finish. It's
0: fair to say you'd like to rerun that match back.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I want that one. I <laughs> want that <laughs> match back. Chris, hook him up. <laughs> let's, get, let's get it done.
2: Chris, we'll jump into your DMs later and get that
0: in. Yeah. yeah, we'll get it put in there and get our rerun type of thing. um And then match before was there a match before that one? No, there wasn't. Was there? Yeah, you no. Were, no.
1: No, that was the two.
0: That's the two so far. Um, obviously, you've got another one coming up. A um, bit of a, well, see <laughs> the guy you got, Graham Meeland, obviously fought Mark and obviously Mark got the sub, which is obviously really good. Yep. Looking forward, obviously, to that one, I presume, type of thing. Any concerns there? Or what's yep. that, how's the preparation for that going so far?
1: Preparation's going great, Yep. I think the plan is just to go and make a statement. I need yeah. to get a finish and I need to get a finish early on. First half of the match, preferably. Um, yeah, because people are picking up wins on Grapple Fest, but it's how you do it. Mm. You need to be picking up um, you need to be picking up good wins, making a statement, and then hopefully start fighting for one of these belts that they've started uh, they've started yeah. going on. You know yeah. that's that's the goal now: climb the ladder, fight for one of these belts.
0: 100%. And like I said, the car that you're on there again, like I said, not to belittle you in the slightest bit, but like it's a fucking huge card to oh, be stacked. on. Word type Absolutely of there, like stacked. to be on the prelims or main card, like it's just a complete fucking honour for anyone yeah. on that because you're just gonna be. Bumping shoulders with a lot of fucking guys, and I, I don't know what's happened to Chris recently in the sense he, like, I don't know, took a, a, car, a big coffee or something and said, like, let's just get everyone and everyone on there, and it just seems to, seems it to transpire. It's kind of
2: skyrocketed in terms of the people they've had on, doesn't it? Because obviously, William Kane, we spoke to William, he was like happy to be there. Um, I can't remember the name of the other chap that does podcast with Superman Podcast. I completely forgot his name. You spoke to him. I can't remember his name. Damien. Damien. David oh, it was Damien, yeah, well. Damien um, from BU team, he came
0: along. Yeah, and
2: yeah, it's, it's crazy, the amount of people that come over now, and Andrew's coming over as well, and he's just done, well, he's taken WNO by storm, and yeah, it's going to be interesting talking about to WNO tonight,
0: Oh, yeah, WNO is well, on tonight. It might be done now, actually. No, it's, it's on summer, tonight. Right? I triple-checked this. It everyone kept on messaging me, like, oh, yeah, you've got WNO as well tonight as well as Polaris. Oh, I'm like, no, it's, so it's not. It's, it's tomorrow, Sunday, Sunday it's but you've got two time two difference as well. so. Ah, yeah.
1: You don't realise how good Grapplefest is until you're there in person, do you? Yeah. I, yeah I've yeah. watched it forever at home, and I thought, oh, that looks great. You know, I'd, I'd love yeah. to be a part of that. Until you're there and you compete, it's another level. It's another level. It's another level.
2: I've been to Polaris, and I've been to Grapplefest, and there's, like, the two... Not the local show I don't know what you it as, i'll tell you the two big, biggest biggest two european biggest shows, shows yeah, right, yeah absolutely and like the production value of polaris is insane obviously backed by Fight Pass and everything else and matt puts a lot of effort and gareth as well but Fest is a bit more not like got a grassroots feel to it but it's very it's still really high production value but like on a smaller scale, and you could, like when you walk into these places, you just appreciate it straight away. You're like, yeah, it's cool. Mats look great. Is, like, so you know you've arrived straight away, well don't you? you? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You walk in, you feel the atmosphere. But this way. is yep. the
0: big thing. Like my, my wife last night said like, it seems really quiet at Polaris. And I said, unfortunately oh, that, that, that's, I
2: can tell you now sat in the crowd, it fucking <laughs> it well, was Well, from, so from the
0: production it. point, out, so I've, I, I know obviously they normally have, um, I don't know what it's like from a spectator point of view for Grapple Fest in terms of like buying the pay per view and stuff, but mm. it seemed like a snooker hall in there, or like watching Polaris type of thing. Yeah, from a TV yeah. standpoint, so why is it so quiet? Like
2: a quiet thing, but it's with Grapple Fest it is kind of quiet. yeah, but then Grapple yeah. Fest
0: has got like DJs, everything like that type of thing. you could hear any of that in between the, like, the matches and stuff. And this yeah. is not to shit on Polaris; it was a great be show. But
2: the way that Polaris cut the matches like, yeah, to it could be a kind of 10, thing, it might be like a contract thing, but like. It, sat in the spectators it was like when um um Norman came on Norman the Dorman, <laughs> mate the Wales crowd were just screaming his name and everyone was just shouting at Greg and Ollie the, the referees come on Greg get in, Greg go on Ollie and it's just like you know like typical like football fucking yeah. chat bullshit but That's it's class but yeah Grappovast had a bit of that but at the same time I think People, I think it's uh, it's starting to not just be a, if you're into Jiu-Jitsu, you go watch it. It's starting to become a slight spectator sport now as well. Yeah. With things like Rapportest and with Polaris, you know. Buy a ticket, go there for a whole evening. There's alcohol, there's food, whatever you want. There's stalls, there's stands. Same a fest. You yeah. go there, it's a whole evening. It's well, the city centre, there. Liverpool.
1: I can't wait for it. I well, the guys got... love it here. We take... What we, I think like 30, 36, 40 people something went up to the first one with yeah, us, yeah. like 25, 30, mm. 30 went last time. They'd absolutely love it, the guys here. We all book hotels and we all we all make a yeah, yeah, an yeah. afternoon yeah. and evening of it, it's brilliant. i
2: you about last night, I'll we'll see if I can jump in mini with you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm up there all week, my wife's yeah. got Yeah, yeah oh, so oh, my, my wife's show like jumping it, up like there. Uh, so Grab a lift somehow, so that's the plan. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking for to Graff first. I know we can sponsor it, we're not biased in any way because I went to Polaris last night, it was fucking cool. Yeah, it's all good. I just love Sorry, it. It's just so interesting to
0: watch. It's good. I'm going to go on to the next thing I wanted to really bring up. So, the Super 5. like, What was your approach with this? Because it was a wicked competition from what I've heard. Great is, rule uh, set and stuff, obviously. directly above you. I know. It's good. Right. No, no, wait, wait, no. Wait, 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 wait. He's no. going to lift it up with his hands. Oh. Oh. It's the white one.
2: Out of the many belts on that wall, it's the white one with the Super 5 belt.
0: Obviously, a different rule set, similar to obviously to Quintet in terms of like how that was going, and again, probably one of the first in the UK to kind of sort of replicate it as much as they can uh, outside of Polaris. What was your approach to it? Because obviously, you had some fucking solid guys. Some of them obviously have been promoted to purple belt as well now, which is really really cool. Um, what did you guys do as a team and as a squad, like to approach it? Did you did you have specific rounds within the clubs to sort of manage it type of thing, or was it just turn up, fuck shit up, and go?
1: <laughs> no, nothing. Spe- I think the training we do works really well for all rule sets yeah you know everybody's comfortable in every area so um no nothing really specific no no i can't say we did we we made sure we knew the guys that we wanted to put forward if we couldn't put these guys forward we, we wouldn't have done it
0: really yeah that's interesting obviously that's banking and having no injuries and that type of stuff yeah. and mean to yeah. do that but
1: i think we had six guys yeah six guys that we would put forward so we had one guy to replace a little bit of wiggle room yeah yeah
0: nice how did you find it obviously again turned up you had some big names in that bracket as well and i was very interested to see how it was all done type of thing but was there any any names that you guys were work- hold on there was i'm pretty sure there wasn't that one guy who leg like, locked everyone uh, whole team i think it was yeah. someone said yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah was there kind of like a oh shit moment type of thing when you guys saw that or
1: yeah definitely yeah one guy uh first of all really really professionally run it looked it. Un- yeah. unbelievable really really good day out for the team um Production was great, you know, the content was flying up immediately, it was brilliant. Um, yeah, one guy in the second round, I can't think which Jimmy he was from, subbed the whole other team, leglocks. So I'm out the back thinking, right, let's get these guys ready, right, guys, in, uh, right, leglock defence. I'm going for all of them. I get to, I get to Beef, Beef is my, my young brother, Beef, right, in the, I'm going to stick you in the saddle, he won't get me in the saddle. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like that, you know what Beef's like, yeah. uh, look, let me, look, come here, let me get you in the saddle. Don't Worry, you won't be getting me in the saddle. <laughs> that arrogance of it uh, went out there and beef uh, he hooked him,
0: <laughs> so um, yeah, that was quite funny. Yeah, I love that pure dominance. He's not getting
1: me in the saddle, I don't care. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even going to drink it, he won't be putting me in it. Definitely, I don't advise sounds uh, being like that. that.
2: Now. Why is he called
1: beef? Um, his name's Ethan, and then it was Eve for short, but he was. Very beefy when we were kids. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll post some photos of him as a child up as well, and you'll see why he was called beef. Like why it. he, he is, is called beef. Our parents beef. call him beef, grandparents call him beef.
0: Was he as was he juicy as Joe? That's the question. <laughs> oh, no,
1: no not, not like that. I mean, just when, when he was a child, like when he was born, he was just a huge baby. And <laughs> <laughs> he was just a huge baby, massive head, the biggest head you've seen, and just like a huge, uh, through like primary school and things, he was big. Yeah, never like a big, muscly guy like that. No, no. <laughs> Oh sorry Beef God, That's so. We've got the world to memes now because I
2: know where he's yeah. like, we're fucking quickly cropping stuff together. We'll get a picture of Evans' head on a baby. And that Why shit. not? That'll be perfect. <laughs> I'm sure it's been done already. <laughs> Joe but was so good with shit like that. Uh, it yeah, it'll be
0: all over that, definitely. Um, so yeah, obviously, again, I, th- I know there's a little bit more context to the story. that beef, obviously, eventually got the submission with it. So I think there were, there was some sort of tactics. I think it was to try and wear out the leg locker. I think it was or something like that. I think someone said. Was yeah, that?
1: that's right. Yeah, Brandon at Trains of us is an absolute savage. He's he weighs maybe 60, I don't know, maybe 67 kilos, something like that. Um, again, works every position, every class, and um, extremely difficult to finish. So we put him out first, and um, we knew he could wear this guy down, and he'd done exactly that. Uh, the guy couldn't finish him. I, I think he might, might have finished Brandon in the last maybe in the last 30 seconds, last minute. Yep. Then that's when Beef came in and, and submitted him in the first 10 seconds, I think irony it of getting the leg locker with a leg lock as well. In the first 10 seconds. <laughs> in as the first That
0: well, yeah. right, is class. Uh, I'm guessing you guys obviously are going to go up there again type of thing if you get the opportunity you'll get the nod type stuff. Yeah, we did got- Do you get to defend your belt as such? Or you? Yeah,
1: I, th- I believe so next year. I mean, we've got an extremely strong purple belt a uh, bunch of guys as well. So we were we were ready to put forward our purple belt team, but we had too many dropouts. Like I said a second ago, we got, say, six guys that we would put forward. I think maybe three of them couldn't make it. So, nah. um, But I think we still had a really good chance of taking that one as well.
0: Nice. No, that's all good. Um, yeah, I think I've covered everything from there. What were your thoughts on the GP from last night then? Obviously, from the bits that you did watch. Um, obviously, I think everyone loves the people's champion, Fabrizio. <laughs> yeah,
1: Fabricio. <laughs> unbelievable, yeah. I, I mean, I was watching it on my phone while my missus was watching... Um, <laughs> What is it? Love, love at First Sight? Yeah, Married at First Sight. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching Mate, it, babe. I I'm watching it. it and yeah. I've, got the, I've got the GP down yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, just. I've learned um,
2: the pain of that. My miss is obsessed with Married at First Sight. It's like, it's awful. It's such I can't watch bullshit. No bullshit. Don't watch it. Let's not talk about
0: it too much then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You're watching You're going to get me in trouble. I was supposed to be watching it last night. Um, <laughs>
2: What's your favourite match of the night then?
1: You know what? I like the Andre and Owen so Libsy match. It was so good. Yeah, it was yeah, so just good. the unpredictability about it. You know, I, I Pure, think that was the one David I loved. And Goliath, that yeah, mess.
2: it was insane. Absolutely. I am surprised Owen didn't get the win. I really thought he looked like raid going, but he just yeah, but couldn't I th- seem to get going. If that makes sense. Yeah, but I don't, I don't so know if
1: it was fun. Owen. I don't think it was Owen. I think it was more Fabrizio. He's oh, just yeah, he's, an absolute he's savage. You know, trying to keep that so guy good. down, try he and take him down, and keep him there. Six kilos. Then
0: this, yeah. this is the thing when and it comes Jack. to Absolutely, Jack. his arms were just as big as most of the guys it's in the nineties. Like, he's
1: got the best arms in grappling and yeah. him, definitely if he trained Jesus. as Elite, he
2: wouldn't be like an all-out. Like, yeah, he's a big guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it, I think the interesting thing is again in terms of body shapes and stuff, and I don't think a lot of people realise this, uh people may have done for it, because he's that much more shorter he, for him to sprawl is going to be much more easier than someone who is going to be, like, Kynan-sized type thing. And the or speed. Like, and the speed. But yeah. like it was interesting seeing moments where, I think even in Kynan's match, where he would decide to do, like, a really, like, long uh, knee cut, like, wide, should we say, where the, like Kynan's got his leg oh, out to sprawl. So he and back, it, yeah. yeah, but he would just it'd be, like, done instantly within a second. You're like, he Jesus Christ. He a couple of times. He yeah. went straight on the back door. Moved. Back and like, so oh, quickly. Fuck. Yeah, he's... But again, was a great, great match. Full yeah, full credit to him. Again, it just like did not care about the size, was like just give it a crack and just see what happens. And yep. then yeah, like toppled some absolute yeah. monsters along the way. I was
2: messaging Jay Farrell and I was like, Jason Ralph's got this entire thing. They lost, and I was like, Mauricio's got this entire. thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Caden was gonna win the whole time. <laughs> I, got see, it wrong, I, I had a
0: theory that the guy uh, I want to say his name is Marcus. He was the guy who fought Giancarlo first round.
2: Oh, the guy that won the... Uh, Qualifiers, just, oh, I yeah. To get the match. Martins.
0: Martin. Martin, okay, yeah. I, I, my, I had a feeling with him. Like, my, my, it was completely wrong, but it was the fact that he's got everything to gain and nothing to lose. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, what not to say... That, yeah, but it was like, I'm not saying Giancarlo would have been like, undervaluing him or just completely underestimating him but in terms of that mindset of going great i can just do whatever i can and just see what happens and it, it wasn't as if it was a complete steamroll i know towards the end with the submission and stuff that that happened and that yeah. was there. done well but in the
1: beginning yeah. yeah
0: really well in the he beginning
2: it at the end he, it, he was like the guy's guard was pretty good to start with and then the minute i saw an open i just took it yeah. then that's the clinical side of jiu-jitsu in it you see a slight opening you go okay i'm gonna wait for it and then bang, shoot to his leg, knee cut straight at the top of him, grabbed his back and then Martin was like, what the fuck? But you can see Joe and Kyle was talking to him as he was rolling with him. They were both chatting yeah, to each other, it so funny. I
0: think was it was Fabrizio and Kaino were doing that at the end as well. They were both chatting yes. to each other all the way yeah, through in the final through. match. <laughs> Just laughing Although at each other. I,
2: I do agree, people started booing them when Kaino sat uh, yeah. And I was kind of like, and like when Fabrizio like put his finger up, like, no, 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 why are you booing him for? I, I completely understood where you're going from. Kyle was like, right. Fuck standing with this guy now because wrestling isn't working. I'm going to around mm. and it just played into his game completely. So I think people just need to be a bit more. I don't know. I think if you appreciate the sport, you do. You are watching it and kind of like, oh, you're like, oh, this is awesome. This is a great match. It's really cool. And I guess if you're just there to get drunk and be a bit of a fucking loud mouth, then maybe it's a bit like,
0: stand up, punch him, twist his dick.
2: Honestly, mate, that was all the shit I was hearing next to me. The guy I sat next to
0: me, I was like, fuck me, man. Just way over the top. Oh, Anyway, anyway, anyway sorry, we digressed. Back to, <laughs> Back to our <laughs> podcast. Back to our podcast, sorry, <laughs> yeah, we've another tangent as always. It's so bad, man. Um, what's the aspirations of this place then, mate? Because obviously, again, I know you say you don't want to grow too quickly, and obviously the stress of obviously paying rent and all that type of jazz type of thing. What, what's the, is there a bigger picture for this, or are you quite content with this, and just kind of saying, let's just keep growing this? Please, and just see"? say the break.
2: short answer would be to be elite. That's what I want, just um, be elite. <laughs>
1: Has to be elite. No no, um, no, no. No, no massive, no massive aspirations at all. Just, just, uh, just let it grow naturally, as we're doing. Keep doing what we're doing. Um, keep getting these results, and yeah, just, just, just go as we are. Really, yeah. No huge goals.
0: Any other big competitions you guys want to aim for? I mean obviously, you've got wins on big shows and stuff like that. And if you don't want me ask asking, uh, have you guys done much IBJJF stuff as a club?
1: No, not. Not really, So first of all, competitions coming up is um, looking like Euros. I'm going to travel over to Euros with, with Mark Hibbs nice. and we're going to do that. We're going to compete there. Uh, the Welsh ADCC, yes. we're going to head yeah. to that comp and compete there. And then we would always do the British Open at the end of the year. But like you said, there's about bloody five competitions on that same day. <laughs> yeah. So it's ADCC British and the British Open. So we'll be competing there as well. Um, what was the second question, sorry? It was uh, any reason for not doing
0: too much IBJJF oh, okay. stuff.
1: Yeah, so I just feel like there's not a huge benefit of doing IBJJF these days. I feel like a lot of the competitors, you're getting, you're getting in, in other competi- competitions anyway. Um, and for the price you're paying to compete there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know I, I don't, I've got nothing against it, but um, if my guys ask me, I don't see why you should be going IBJJF every time in this day and age. Is
0: it because of the the amount of different stuff that you work. So obviously, for example, leg locks is just completely null and void until you're brown or even black belt. Do you see what I mean for that? So do you think that's one of the deterrents, do you
1: feel, or not really? No, do you mean IBJJF? Yeah,
0: yeah, in terms of obviously, because you guys obviously do a lot of different, not say different as in it's completely unique, but have a lot of different styles of game and obviously you've got leg locks involved in there. From an IBJJF point, I can't do any of that until I'm, Is it brown and black, or is it again? It's elements of it you can do, but nothing as extensive as heel hooks, for example.
2: Traditionally, IBJJF white belts can only do a straight foot lock. Blue belts, you can then start learning like proper leg 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 hooks, uh, leg locks, and things like that. You can't do a knee bar until you're brown.
1: I don't think you can heel hook.
2: I don't think you can heel hook until black.
1: No, the guys, the guys, um, they do compete in IBJJF points. Uh, based competitions yeah they do compete in them as well yeah yeah i I, I don't think everybody's huge leg lockers here they're they're really comfortable with the legs yeah like you said i think they're well rounded and they're strong they're strong everywhere yeah
0: nice do you think you'll end up getting a few more doing that other than the pricing situations i appreciate you just you to enter one competition is going to cost you 300 quid 150 your membership 150 for the competition maybe
1: so we we might do but i i honestly don't think there's a huge benefit of doing them in, in 2023 no
0: do you think, as time progresses on, that sub-only is going to be more popular than the points system?
1: Um, no, I think the ADCC rule set is going to be more popular. Yeah. Because it's, it's the best of both. How can it not be? Who doesn't love a smother? Yeah. You get your sub-only and you get your points as well. It's, how can that not, how can that not be, um, be growing rapidly? No, that's all good. Right, I've got no other
0: questions, if I'm honest. Unless you've got anything else at all, or...?
2: What would you say has been your most difficult match that you've had so far? thats I know you said, obviously, the one where you lost in the last 30 seconds to stay in your head rent-free, but that's for that specific reason. If you've ever had a match where you're like, fuck, I really need to tighten this up, you've won, but it's been very close.
1: No, um, not... I can't think of one. Not off the top of my head, no. He's um, just that good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because it's been... It's, it's, I've it's had somewhere I've gone in and just got caught, like when Jed caught me on Alpha Grappling, that one like wasn't really very... But we we competed twice before and I'd sub Jed both times and I competed against him the third time and he just caught me in a hill within a couple of minutes easily. Just just um, absolutely wiped well the floor with me in the third one. So that was... That was a difficult match. Yeah, the mm. third one. Yeah, and and of course that, the one of the most difficult ones to accept is the grapple first match. The first grapple first match. And yeah. Just dominating the match that for that long and then losing in the last thirty seconds, on the big stage as well. That that was a, a hard one to take. Mm. Yeah.
2: What do you do anything specific for your like mental game before you go into a match? I know everyone says obviously I you know play it over my head and stuff like that. But do you do, you do anything specific that works for you?
1: Nothing specific. No, I, I don't listen to music or anything like that. I want to be there in the moment. I feel like if I listening to music, it takes me away from where I actually am. You just and jury. then I take them off and I'm yeah. like, oh shit, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here again. Jerry so, yeah, sat yeah. in a
0: set of woods, just there, just like ready to and go no, to no fucking war.
1: <laughs> no music, and just remind myself, we do this every day. You know, without the crowds, without the lights, um, we do this every single day in the gym. That's what I just tell myself over and over again. We do this every single day.
0: A little bit of self manifestation than yeah, just do Do yeah, so, really, really, really. yeah. you do much visualization in terms of how you're going to go? I'm guessing you have some sort of game plan with some of your opponents, or are you quite, I'm just going to play my game and make them worry about it? Which More
1: be? so, I'm going to play my game, and I always visualize myself winning, of course. I always feel like I'm going to win before I go on the mats. And then if they beat me, they beat me as part of the game. But yeah. I, don't, I don't want to be sitting at the side of the mats and think, oh my God, I might lose this one. That's the last thing I want to be thinking.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. I, was at, I got I, you going sorry,
1: I, was gonna say, I
2: definitely found with that, like, I, I said, to, I think I said to you on the day actually in Bristol Nogi, I was like, the one thing I am confident about is I will not get submitted by an arm triangle. I'm not having it. Or head and arm choke. Not having it. I got done by a triangle before. I've, I know loads of people are going for head and arm chokes at the moment. And literally, my first and last round was a lost. The guy went straight for the arm triangle um and i was like fuck this i'm not tap it out and i managed to get out of it at the end but i walked away from that match with my default bronze medal <clears throat> just saying um that's good have like, you got a, have you got a default my, my claim
1: to fame?
2: no i don't think so
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you <laughs> one you match in fact one. i competed against tom barry before and me and tom yeah. barry had maps abs- at a, a scrap and it was really really tight but he's, he's an absolute beast as well from Drive. we've done a lot of work with um with Drag mm. as well, you know we've got a good relationship with them guys. I'm mm. um, Cormac Hansen trains in here whenever he's home, so yeah, we've got a good relationship with them guys. I'm smart, Tom and I had a really really tough match with him. Yeah, he, yeah. he's a good competitor, yeah, really good. I know a sound guy him. as well. But, yeah. Yeah,
0: have you heard from Cormac from last night? So, obviously, we, everyone's like, oh, it's a heel hook. It looked like a nasty knee bar more than a heel hook. Yeah, maybe uh, like...
1: Briefly, I messaged him, but I've, I've just left him. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we, we spoke a little bit, yeah.
0: It's always the awkward bit with any working with any sort of competitor if it hasn't gone their way type mm-hmm. thing. Like, I
1: think it's best to just let them have be, some time to themselves and then have a, have a chat a couple of days later. Yeah, there. it's always, you don't want to be there going, oh, sorry. Was yeah, was a on that
2: one. I was trying to get a decent angle and trying to see what it was. I couldn't he was
1: deep on the leg, wasn't he? What yeah, was he going he for? Deep, the outside heel? Yeah. He upgraded his grip, didn't yeah. he? He had the second leg. Cormac tried escaping using to the escape second escape. leg. Yeah, I,
2: I, I, I don't know. Because the, the paramedics came straight over and he was like, he stood up fine. Like he's, you don't need paramedics.
1: Cormac's cool, like a savage as well, mate. He's, a, he's an absolute. Yeah, I had player. a good few
0: yeah. rolls of him, I think, last time I was down there, to be fair. And yeah. again, just um really decent guy, really he's solid to watch one. As well. Definitely. Yeah, it was yeah, all I think,
1: good. I don't
0: know. I think the really worst like, one last night, I think, again, sorry, to go back to the GP, was Lou Long. Did you see what happened there?
1: Mm. What happened there? Did he go out? Did he not? He said
0: he didn't go out so on his stories afterwards.
1: <laughs> I, where I was sat and where they were was like,
2: they were slightly to the left so I could see Lou's hand the entire time. And you know when someone goes out and their hand starts shaking and it just drops flat. He, it was shaking and I think from Ollie's perspective, it was if he's out, I need to stop it now. If he's not out, he needs to be doing something of a bit more reactive to know what's going on. Well, like Mike Grundy um, last night with Valje. Yeah, yeah, but they <laughs> honestly, I, I completely, people, people hated that match, and I was like, I don't know what to talking about. It's great, it's amazing. It's two think, really high level wrestlers, which yeah, you
1: expect. I think going back now? to the the Lu long match, if I remember correctly, I thought he went out, I and did then too. I watched the replay, and. Uh, he wasn't doing a lot of his upper body, no. but his legs were still moving. I'm yeah. sure if I remember right,
2: yeah, so he was still shifting his left leg to almost go for like to, to try and drag his leg over a bit But yes, yeah, I, so I didn't think he went out in my I, second opinion I on the think second watch, possibly, maybe flash, not like straight out and then back in again, mm. maybe, but it's really difficult to. I mean, obviously, they know better than. I'm fucking blue belt. i don't know Shit.
0: I'm yeah. just, I'm just stubborn. Uh, again, I've never been, <laughs> never been tapped with a buggy choke. And good old Henry got me on today. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> he Fuck has accent. got the longest limbs you've ever he seen. Has. Bro, he know. has the longest he's limbs. Because you're setting up, I was like, oh, this ain't gonna do anything. Everyone tries this all the time. Did you feel embarrassed that you stood up. Oh yeah. mate, because again, no, he's about a... six foot five. No. Oh, he's it? ridiculous. But the thing is, again, I'm quite stubborn. And I, again, obviously, you get the ringing in your ears type of thing. I led on the mat. I was like. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> I've just been buggy choked, so... Um, so well, you I didn't mean. get injured today, but you got buggy choked. I got buggy yeah, choked, yeah. so maybe yeah. I have to trade off. Yeah, come to Hunter oh, yeah, Elite, yeah. get buggy choked or get injured. Sorry, no, <laughs> i got to stop <laughs> making That's it sound like game. Oh, sure. Sorry. Sorry, you okay. know what I mean. Yeah. It's probably my clumsy ass, because obviously I think... Okay. Thank you, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, again, obviously with the ankle roll, you well know, it was just some float, we were just doing some hand yeah. fighting and stuff, and my fucking clumsy ass just I decided to... fight into the Yeah, yeah, and then just off I went. I was like, ta-da. And then even the, la- the last session I did, you were like, I said to you, I'm not going to do any flow re- uh, hand fighting or flow wrestling. And you were just like, and then what happens? Right, right, guys, flow wrestling. What does Jade do? stands up and starts flow wrestling? All the people I'm like, fuck it. We'll just see what fucking happened. Right, you got any more other serious questions before I run through the, the final three? Because bear in mind, we've, we've done a few Q&As, obviously, with yeah. yourself at Grapple GrappleFest and stuff, so um, we don't want to cover the old stuff.
2: Nothing specific. I think you covered up pretty much everything we normally go through, I guess go straight to the other little
0: questions. Cool, right. Questions. Well, I think we kind of covered this a little bit because I know you've mentioned it a few times. It could be the same question, I don't know, or it might be something not jiu-jitsu related. Uh, but what failure do you cherish the most?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. It has to be... I mean, jiu-jitsu related, it has to be some of the biggest losses, some of the big, biggest losses, you know. That, that's where you really... That's where you really grow. It's the cheesiest answer ever, but that is where you really grow, yeah. yeah. That's one of the first things I can think of is just some of these really big losses that I've taken, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I think that's the same words we say for everyone with mm. the competing spectrum is that winning gold is great. And obviously, shout out to Tom Schaller for this in the sense that but you don't necessarily learn anything unless there were errors within the match where you scrambled back to win it type yeah, thing. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, but by failing, you then understand, OK, fine, well, I need to work on this hole in my game or I need to work on this, etc. So it does work out well uh next staple question which we're going to keep on going onwards with this is uh once it's all said and done how do you want to be remembered
1: uh just as someone that has pushed grappling one of the main people to push grappling in this area and am really highlighted to the general public
0: yeah nice i like that a lot you are like, about to say something very you? simple very,
2: very miyagi do i like that miyagi do like, always <laughs> yeah my
0: like, dojo no, what absolutely. are you saying <laughs> 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 um cool right final question we got from our previous guest so nice and simple if you had to describe jiu jitsu but there was no such word for it how would you describe it to the average person on the street
1: But you can't use the word jiu-jitsu. Yep. Can't use the word jiu-jitsu. Oh, well, you'd replace it with... You'd replace the word jiu-jitsu with grappling, though, wouldn't you? All right. It's put, nah, I guess it's boring. Cheating, no, that's it? cheating. <laughs> not grappling, not wrestling. I learned my way around that question, <laughs> didn't did. right? I? Like Very clever. Um, yeah, I don't... How would you word it? Uh, Imagine when, when you're like adult- you're simulating... <laughs>
0: Imagine when your daughters ask you, like, how, what, what is it dad does, like, for his hobby?
1: <laughs> it's to take a man down and make them quit. Make them
0: quit. Take that's a it. man down and make them quit.
1: Yeah, and make <laughs> them not want to continue fighting anymore. You know? them, okay, that's pretty that's pretty. I the worst, that's the most boring answer. <laughs> no, I think that's, that's pretty... I, mean, how I don't know. It, word so, it, sounds like
0: jo- it sounds like John Jones-esque, like, take a man down and make them quit. <laughs> <if> <laughs> I do well, enough, that is
1: it, isn't it, really? Or is it really?
2: else you could say is there that's kind of it I think what else right. could you say I'm sure jiu-jitsu. you could word it better can't say death cuddle
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you could sexy it up a little bit yeah. I'm sure you could like, take a man down and make him quit yeah take a man down
2: make him ch- no yeah without using any like jiu-jitsu term or anything like that it's kind of a bit fucking difficult
0: actually I have got one more one more surprise question for you okay. here we go oh, elite cool. jiu-jitsu yeah oh, elite sure. barbers Elite oh. Blinds, <laughs> what's the next Elite option <laughs> coming? Even people didn't know, Elite
2: have, uh, have an umbrella corporation going on. Yeah, yeah.
0: What, yeah. What, yeah. what's the fourth yeah. franchise? Yeah, so my
1: family's got Elite Blinds, a little uh, promotion there. Yeah. Promote them? yeah, Elite Blinds, my dad runs, then you've got my brother with Elite Barber Lounge and you've got Elite Jiu-Jitsu, what are we going to open next? Maybe Elite Burger Van or something like that. Hey. Yeah. Ooh, we'll park out. That would be a big shout out, that's dangerous.
0: That would be, that'd be awesome. What will be that? What will be your? What the, if you're going to name your burger? Then what what's will be the, the content signature. What's the elite signature? Yeah. What's, your, what's Jordan? Well, what's Jordan's, Jordan's burger? What's yeah. your burger going to be? So it's going have to have a burger name after you for the, the, the Kirk it. burger. The Kirk burger. The
1: yeah. Kirk burger. Yeah. Kirk. But that's actually my brother's email address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God!
2: It's
1: yeah, so, yeah. So
0: beef's BB's <laughs> <That's laughs> Kirk <laughs> burger. Something. Yeah. Oh, I bet he loves putting that on his CV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great way Can you to imagine
2: that yeah what's your contact details it's uh Kurt burger
0: yeah so what's your burger option then mate so what's it gonna what be it? oh
1: it's got to be bacon cheese mushrooms i think bacon yeah, cheese yeah, mushrooms yeah. You've you got to check some mushrooms in
0: there yeah that's fair that's fair right uh unless you've got any other questions for me anything else like that we'll no. try um, no, that thank you oh, does you,
2: pineapple
0: belong with pizza yeah he's already
2: answered
0: that has he yeah he has I, I the grapple fest. fest. Yeah. yeah, I would eat pineapple. I know. George been on quite a few times. We've been funny. so lucky. Yeah, I know. Shout outs to sponsors. Any particular people that you want to give a shout out to?
1: Um, big shout out to Inner Chimp they're doing a great job yes with a lot
2: of fight wear Matty, we
1: fucking love you yeah and uh a big shout out to you guys yeah thanks for coming over
0: that's nah, it. all right no problem well mate obviously thanks for your time really appreciate everything you're doing um as i said on the Blast podcast it's like verbal diarrhea when people talk about jujitsu in this area like where to go I'm like, like literally just comes out instantly because of how good you guys are um just keep doing what you're doing because you are making a massive name for yourself and it's just really awesome to see something this local and as we found out from this sort of facility and how well it's going but yeah really appreciate it dude just keep doing what you're doing
1: appreciate it thank you awesome